0: Do you believe in hell? Do you? Do you believe that there is a literal place called hell? Well, according to a Pew Research Center survey in 2021, 62% of individuals believe in hell that were surveyed here in America. 62%. Now, the amount of individuals who, Americans who believe in heaven, well, it goes up to 73%. But going back to that idea that for the the 62% of people that believe in hell, and perhaps you are one of those who do believe in hell, who gets to decide who's in and who's out? Who literally goes to hell? Well, the person that gets to decide, the being or the entity that gets to decide is what is called the supernatural punisher. It's a third-party punisher. It's a moralizing punisher. It's what many religions call God. God is the one who gets to decide who goes or does not go to heaven, who gets to pass jail and get out of jail free, or who has to stay well, the reason why God works as a supernatural punisher is because the majority of religions see God as an all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful entity, being, whatever. And the ultimate punishment for, the, for this God, or gods, is hell. It is something that is painful. Because in the Christian tradition, there is a belief of some that it is a, to burn eternally in fire. So, it's, it, number one, it's painful, and number two, it lasts forever. So, that is the ultimate punishment that, that awaits in an individual if they fall to the demise of a god. It could be unforgiven sins. It could be not believing in that God. Well, again and again, if you do believe that God is the one who is the ultimate punisher, is God is the one who will someday punish individuals and reward individuals, and if you are rewarded, you get to go to heaven, and if you're punished, then you go to hell. Well, that same study that was shown that 62% of people in America believe in hell, it also shows us that the people who see God as being this ultimate punisher, these same individuals see themselves as less than, less than perhaps ideally of living a positive life. They tend to have a lower self esteem. They have difficulty psychologically coping with different problems and issues. Their health is not as resilient. There are definitely negative repercussions for individuals who believe in hell. It affects the quality of their life. And yet, individuals continue to believe in it. It affects people's moods, it affects their feelings. It has overall effect upon the satisfaction of their life. And yet, we continue to believe in hell. Question is, why? Why do 62% of individuals still believe in hell? I think ultimately, it comes back to our desire to punish others, which we talked about in a previous podcast, but it also has a positive impact upon society. When a society believes that there is an ultimate punisher, that there is a moralizing God who will intervene in our world and punish individuals either directly at the time or at the end of time with a form of hell, they believe and it shows that society actually benefits. Let me see if I can explain that for you. When we go back in time in the evolutionary process and we go back far enough, we see what was called the hunter's gatherers. These are groups of individuals, clans, perhaps 15 to 20 people that were able to quickly move about depending upon where the prey was or the resources, where they could find food. They would move in different directions. These individuals didn't know a lot about life. They didn't understand a lot about science. So when they saw natural phenomena happening around them, they had to have an explanation for it. They didn't have control of it, so how could they gain control of it? Over time, they began to believe that there were gods. There was this force behind that. So when there were times of drought... There must be some kind of force behind that who is responsible for rain? So they created gods. Well, initially, these gods were amoral. They didn't really care what human beings were doing. But instead, what the human beings said is that if we do these particular rituals, we can get these gods, this force, to act on our behalf. Now, that's with really small groups. Studies have shown that over time, that these individuals, when they came together and clans would join with clans, when they moved from hunter-gatherers to more of an agricultural uh, setting, as this shift began to take place, the role of God began to take place. So there was initially a gods who didn't care, now these gods begin to become interested in the behavior of human beings. And as they became more and more interested in behavior, that had implications for those human beings when it came to their morality and the choices and how they lived their life. Ultimately, when these groups begin to come together and form large cities and in time nations— then the idea of a moralizing God comes to complete fruition. You see, in every society, there is going to be internal conflicts. So how do you get people to behave? Well, one of the ways that you can do that is you can create rules. You create laws that people have to follow. And if you follow the, the rules, if you follow the laws, then you will get along with the rest of society. But for example, what, hap- what would happen if you imagine yourself in one of those settings and your city, your state, creates these laws? And the more you think about those laws, you realize that some of those laws actually benefit a portion of society and are to detrimental to the rest of society. Well, you can speak out against that. Now, that may end up being negative for you, but if you point it out and word begins to move around that the laws aren't just, the laws actually are for a particular group of society and not your group, you might bring about a change. Well, when that happened... The people in power realize that we need to help people realize that we aren't the ones who created the laws. Rather, who created the laws was this supernatural punisher, this supernatural lawgiver. And this lawgiver does not have necessarily any particular leanings about our society one way or the other. They are all-knowing, therefore they gave us laws that we are to follow. And if you think about it, we see this perfectly in the Old Testament Bible or the Hebrew Bible. You see this perfectly. God gives laws. Exodus 20, God gives the Ten Commandments. You read through Exodus, you read in Deuteronomy, you have all these different laws that are said to come from God. Well, the power of those laws now is not in any particular group of people. It's in this supernatural being who is a moral God, who is seen as being ultimately just, who is seen as being perfect. And so it's the one who gives the laws becomes God. And as long as you obey God, then everything's okay. And the other advantage of believing that the laws come from God is God is considered to be immortal. God lasts forever. So generations can come and go, correct? People die off, the next group next generation comes up. But the laws stay the same because God is eternal. It's an effective way to control society If you can help them see that those laws they are following come from a higher entity, a higher being, gods or God, and then people have to obey that because if they don't, not only may they be punished now, but in the end, they will get the ultimate punishment which is hell. So, we can see in the history of humanity that religion becomes entwined with morality. And the advantage of all of this for society is that it stabilizes society, people cooperate with one another. Again, studies have shown that individuals who believe in a God and that God has the power to make a difference and intervene and punish individuals, either in the present moment or at a future date with hell, they've shown that those individuals tend to behave better. They behave better because someone's watching them. At all the time. I mean, you talk about the big brother, the ultimate big brother is God. And religion becomes the glue that stabilizes communities because religion is about worshiping that God. Imagine that you have another individual that, let's say you go uh, out to eat. How do you know the food you are getting is healthy, that it's not poisoned, that it isn't bad for you, and it hasn't gotten rotten? Well, society has stipulations in which the food is supposed to be prepared, stored. And so society sends out individuals who inspect those restaurants, correct? But what happens if you can't trust those individuals who are responsible to make those inspections? It only goes so far with humanity, But if you can bring God into it, and if that owner of that restaurant is intentionally hurting other people, well, God knows about it. And God may punish them. And if God doesn't punish them now, then they'll get punished someday. Again, religion became a wonderful way to get people to live well with each other, to cooperate with each other. It was the motivating force. There was an Episcopal priest who had retired, and he talked about that religion is always in the control business. It produces guilt, and the guilt produces control. If you can make people feel guilty and if you can create an element of fear, then they will perhaps modify or be more likely to modify their behavior and get along with others better. So they created these, this fiery place which literally functions to scare the hell out of people and a lot of people. And again, think about it, It scare the hell out of people, meaning you don't end up going to hell because you're afraid of it. So you feel guilty when you do wrong and fear because you'll get punished for it. Religion has been said to be based upon a reward and punishment in some form. When I was preparing this podcast, I started thinking about it. This worked for the ancients. We can go back thousands of years, and we can see how this slowly evolved and took place, and it worked. But over the last few hundred years, we've seen society develop some technology, and this technology allows them to do what moralizing gods used to do, For example, people believe that God is all-knowing, that God sees everything. You can't hide from God. Well, more and more today, you can't hide from anyone. You can be out in public and never know when you may be being recorded by someone on their cell phone. There's cameras over traffic lights. There's cameras on corners. Recently, I read about how sports arenas are starting to use facial recognition for individuals who are entering that arena. I mean, we've gotten this technology where we can watch each other. We carry phones with each other around and those phones allow people to find us. More and more, we're realizing that some of that technology could actually be used for our harm. But if we are starting to be able to do what the gods did, then the question becomes, do we need these gods? Is the idea of God valued less? Over time, will we forget about the idea of a God? We, we see it happening right now. More and more individuals are identifying as atheists. More and more individuals are not believing in a biblical God. They may believe in some kind of God, some kind of higher power, but it's not the God they find in the Bible. You see, society is able to create laws that are based upon fairness. And it's not ideal, But when you stop and think about that today, a man can be accused of raping his wife and it will hold up in court. You go back a few decades, that was impossible. There was no such thing as a man raping his spouse. Now it is. We are beginning to see more and more rights given to groups that have been marginalized I stop and think about the LGBTQ community and how an awareness is continuing to grow. And I know it's not perfect. It seems like sometimes we're making progress and then we fall back. But the thing is about our society, what I believe is that we will continue to move forward. I think within human humanity, there is this basic goodness that lies within us. But what is happening, and that is some people are concerned about, is that are we becoming a more secular society, and in doing so, we are replacing this supernatural punisher, the gods? That we are becoming more effective in punishing people who are offending against others. We are becoming able to maintain and create a society where people are able to cooperate with each other better. you stop and think about how nations tend to work together? I mean, it's, again, it's not ideal, but when I think about COVID, And how nations were able to come together and work with each other. That, I think, says something about humanity. And so the question is, will we have a need for a supernatural punisher, a moralizing God, or will that slowly diminish? Will people begin to believe less and less in God? Or... Do we need to rethink our ideas of God? Again, when you hear this argument that I've just shared with you, and this theory that it was basically human beings that created the idea of God, that does not mean there is not a God. Now, the God that we find in the Old Testament that God may be more of a reflection of those individuals at that time and their experience of God, what they believe they needed from God. Now, if they're right, that's one thing. But if they were wrong, it doesn't negate that there actually is a God. And as human beings, we're always trying to understand that. Now, there are some people that believe that God revealed who God is to human beings. What's amazing, though, is if you look at all these different religions that exist, they all have different ideas on how God reveals God's self to us. So who's right? Perhaps the role that God played in the past... Is no longer needed. If that is true, then do we need to rethink our idea of who God is? What God is? Do we need to emphasize more this sense of a God who is benevolent, who is caring, who is loving? It's the energy, perhaps, that causes the force of life for all? I don't know. But I think we're realizing that our image of God that we've had up to this time doesn't work as well as it did hundreds and thousands of years ago. So as this begins to shift, as this change begins to take place, what happens to hell? Will hell eventually disappear? We're seeing it shrink. Just think about the statistics I shared with you. 73% believe in heaven, 62% believe in hell. Is it possible that, that people who believe in hell, that number will continue to decline? And the idea of a heaven, this utopia that exists after death, that will continue to be, to be static. Or continue to grow. As a pastor, I've done many funerals, and I have met with families who have struggled to say good things about the deceased, but not once, no matter how bad they see this person, not once have I seen or heard one of these families say to me, Tony, this was a really bad person, and they're in hell. And we want you to let people know that they are in hell and use that as an example to get people to behave so they don't go to hell. It doesn't happen. All of them believe that their loved one is in heaven. So we're seeing this shift As this changes, it brings about questions about the future of God and how we see God, brings about questions about why we behave, what motivates us to behave, and then it begins to raise questions about the role of religion in our society. More And more individuals are asking those kinds of questions. And perhaps this is something that you've thought about, perhaps this is a new idea to think about. But it is an awareness that needs to transpire, that needs to take place, because it does affect the quality of our lives and how we see ourselves and how we see other people, and how we all get along with each other. So, do you believe in hell? What kind of God do you believe in? And, do you have people that you can talk to about these things? Do you have people that you can share these ideas with? If you don't, I would encourage you to find a spiritual community. Find a spiritual community where you can ask these kinds of questions, where you can dialogue with each other and not be afraid to be judged. I think there's a community like that. It's not the only one, but there is one like that. And I'm lucky to be the pastor of it. And so if you are ever interested in trying out a spiritual community that is willing to to discuss these things, to be open to these things, I would invite you to visit someday the Church of the Beatitudes there in Phoenix. But if you aren't able to make that trip, and if you have any questions, if you have any comments, I would encourage you to email me at the email you see at the bottom of the screen. Also, if you've enjoyed these podcasts, if they give you they stimulate your mind if they give you something to think about and in thinking perhaps they enhance the quality of your life I would encourage you to hit the like button be it on Facebook YouTube hit like and then if you want to share it that would help us tremendously the other thing you could do that would help us here at mind the year is give us a rating that rating makes it easier for individuals to find the podcast if you could do those things we would greatly appreciate it so this brings us to the end of another podcast and as usual i hope that whatever you're doing that you're staying safe out there and until next time take care of yourself